after breakfast What's before lunch? It's Austin, Texas It's weird brunch Pelikini Kalakini So now oh God, is mine very gonna be long. fucked up? Are we just moving That's my test is, is You think wait. yours is fucked up? I don't know. Talk more. Okay. I don't know what. So the, the solution to of this is about. we all get high. Yeah. And then we everybody sounds. Out. Okay. Insane. I don't know if this is just me being high, <laughs> but this sounds perfect now. <laughs> How many times have you started a sentence in your life with, I don't know if it's just because I'm high and then say something that makes no sense and you um, said it because you were high. What I said does make sense though. And I think it sounds better. So this is what we're going with. At minimum 1,000 to answer. Yeah. Look at this. I just turned two scrunchies into one. <laughs> You're fucking losing genius. my shit. <laughs> oh god. It's okay, I, do I have feel lots like of water. I should meet you at how high you are. I'm I'm not even that bad. Like I just what is feel bad squirrely. <laughs> I'd be no asleep. if I'm that. Yeah, She'd I'd be, be like asleep. melted in the couch. Like I would be those... like I'm uh, too paranoid to like do the podcast because <laughs> you're afraid you're gonna say something just, embarrassing yeah, yeah like i would freak out like as opposed to right now you're just the right amount of high to actually things that say things that are embarrassing but not be you know worried about mm-hmm. it yeah mm-hmm. so i'm in the comfort zone yeah for sure <laughs> the comfort colony the comfort colony sounds um in my like goodbye everybody letter you wrote a letter or like a little just like a little email trying to make it funny because <laughs> i am the way I, that you know someone is funny is, is when by they saying tell you yeah. and we say it yeah we say it <laughs> all the time i am sound and funny, funny. and i say, say it. it see it sounds <laughs> like this is the motto of sound college i already mm-hmm. see the like self-help book that like starts the movement <laughs> yes yeah mm-hmm. the next rachel Hollis. i was about to say her decline is your rise Whitney. thank you it's oh my rise. god and her show is called rise, rise. yeah uh, whatever i love rachel you know hollis drama so much kind of Sorry. not really she's the one who was the i'm a girl boss yeah like, first peak, one to do peak. that she wrote girl wash your face yeah. yes and yeah. then she got in all that hot water because she was like i'm actually not like any of you i pay someone to clean my toilets and like blah 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 yeah that's kind of like a recent thing that happened in the last yeah six months a year last year yeah it was post i watched a whole twitter or twitter tiktok thread about it very recently because it just keeps getting because like originally she got in a lot of trouble for plagiarizing because on account of the plagiarism <laughs> she, she did. She also she posted on account of the plagiarism. The whole like you rise jail. conference thing came from her plagiarizing my Angelou still I rise. Yes, yeah, of so, course. Yeah, she's a piece of shit. Yeah, um, she's horrendous. Yeah. Uh, did y'all see Ezra Miller calling out a very specific group for, of the KKK chapter no. of the KKK? Oh my god. I can't stop watching it. But like, what do you mean? What like, happened? Can you pull it up? You have to. I know that now I'm like, you have to watch it or hear it. Okay. That's who I thought Ezra Miller was. Yeah. So off. they like went in. Delivers on... cryptic message to mm-hmm. Klu Klux Klan and Instagram video. What? I think it's like Beulahville, North Carolina chapter. You know what you're doing. What? I think if you want to end up dead, you should kill yourselves or keep doing what you're doing. 
and then we'll kill you, or more or less. I'm just so I completely unprompted. This is a very. When I've, did this happen? Hold on, like three days ago. I'm just not like up on my Ezra Miller kind of like I, how I used to be. It just like this is one of those things that came up on my for you Wait, for on Twitter. So he was attacking members of the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. being like fellow clan. No, members. no, 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 no. Okay, okay, okay. No, he was telling. If you think Ezra Miller could show I up to a know. clan meeting you and know? then be like, he's one of us. No, they like, would be the like, first... what are you? Very good looking. Yeah. Not that. that no, it's a barrier. I've never met Klux anybody Klan in the clan who looks good. <laughs> are good looking in any way. They are clearly not. But no. I think they would be like, oh, a pretty person who's no, also then, white. Perfect. perfect. Uh, he doesn't look I don't think that he's, white. He yeah. doesn't look that white. We're not here to speculate on that. So I'm proud that he's against the Klan. Yes. People were like, hell yeah, that's how celebrities should be going after people threaten their lives. Fuck the KKK. I yeah. don't disagree with that. I'm definitely in the, you know, there's like that discourse a few years ago about whether it was okay to punch Nazis. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of like, it's yes, my God given right as an American to punch a Nazi if yeah. I see one. Yeah. yeah. For sure. If it's I've like, learned anything from history. Yeah. Also, the bad guys are always the Nazis. Well, Even in fun pretend times, yeah. it's still Nazis. Yeah. There's the whole video game series that's based around like vampire wolf Nazis. Okay. Wolfenstein. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. Get out of here. Okay. With your <laughs> video game talk. Sorry. <laughs> this is a Let's Play channel now. <laughs> but you don't see me play it. I just talk about it. <laughs> While I do it, I don't Use even know the what historical that is. significance to Wolfenstein. No, it's it's just mostly white noise because I have to concentrate, so I wouldn't be able to talk oh. at all. Yeah, and just me going, oh, no, and then you have to pause it and be like, I'm very bad at video games. Well, like, we could jump out and be like, what are you feeling right now? <laughs> oh, is that gonna make sense in context? Pause. <laughs> yeah, and we'll call it the pause. And yeah. Yeah, this is a really solid Twitch channel, actually. (laughs) Yeah. Just emotional check-ins on your gaming frustration. Your face did a thing right there. there. What does Mm -hmm. that mean? Where's that coming from? What do you think is on the other side of that door? Oh, you've seen it a hundred times already (laughs) because you die here every time. Got it. it. Oh, this is the big boss? Uh Uh-oh. It is funny that video games, every level or whatever, it was like, this is the boss. Mm -hmm. And it was called the boss. What a weird language thing. But I mean, yeah, fight the man. Boss level, man. Fight the man. It's not called the main enemy. Well, I guess some people do, but it is the boss. Workers have been trying to rally against capitalism forever. So video games are set in a unionized... Yeah, oh, world. for sure. Yeah. Well, as we for know, sure. like the conditions at working at a video game company are like the best conditions you could work in, right? Yeah, but as a plumber, yeah, with my plumber brother, <laughs> yes, I'm call. I'm we're, saying we're gonna call him M and L. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't want to get sued. Yeah. <laughs> Not, not about that life. <laughs> Let's say I'm Maria. Yeah. And, and I'm my Luigi. <laughs> this is my beautiful daughter. <laughs> Luigi. <laughs> That's what we should be for Halloween. John and CJ can be Mario and Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> I like it because there's already like alternative world. There's Wario yeah. and Waluigi. Waluigi. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is too much. I don't know how we, we got here. Weren't we just talking about the KKK? Yes. 
And capitalism. And capital. Well, it's, it's all Maria. Mars. It's Maria. <laughs> we'll play you, Maria. <laughs> I'm crying so much, and I put on. I I shouldn't have put you on. You look makeup so today. high right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I took out my two buns. Buns, your space buns. I would have looked buns. like an insane person. <laughs> I'm into it. Yeah. You would have looked like a real Luigi. Yeah. yeah. That's true. <laughs> being a real Luigi. Also, I'm going to say this. Luigi would be hot as fuck, and she would have on little cartoon high heels because we buns. are sluts here. Yeah. We don't m and We're not m and We're the yassification of Luigi. <laughs> Don't spew. You're gonna you spew, spew, spew and list. It. Swallow it. <laughs> I'm swallowing your lip balm. <laughs> Come at your nose. The gasification of Luigi. That's the name of this episode. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you that right now. That also. <laughs> that also oh man, it's like how Stella got her, her groove back. back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, that was. That was very. Good. That was gold, Jerry. Gold. <laughs> I already drank all my water. <laughs> swollen nostril see i think it yeah Nasal we're clearing passage. our sinuses here right now uh, glad you know uh welcome to weird brunch man welcome to the yassification of louisa <laughs> i want like a t-shirt that just says I want that a but written on my out chest. <laughs> like God. a spray oh like, like at the a, mall yeah yeah, yeah. air spray yes You'd oh, have yeah. to call ahead and be like, "This is the image I want." This is the contest. <laughs> female Luigi. Keep, she keeps the mustache. With high right? heels, oh, and yeah. it needs to say the yassification. Of and Luigi. it's that pose where she's kind of like turned like three quarters with like her butt tuked out. Like, uh huh. Mm. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. And she's smoking. She's a smoker. She's, she's Let's definitely be a smoker. She's a fucking smoker. She's sitting on a crescent moon. Oh my god. <laughs> Cigarette. Yeah. yeah. Um, Dang, these are all great oh, ideas. God. You know, I'm Whitney Lamond. I'm Lisa Luigi Friedrich. <laughs> Friedrich. I'm Haley Lamond. Also, could be Luigi. <laughs> we all like at our core are Luigi. <laughs> yes, Luigi is Legion. Yes, Luigi is the way, mm-hmm. and we say it. And we. <laughs> this whole can we. Just cut it. We don't need, we don't need. People shouldn't listen to this. <laughs> this is not good. People are going to be dumber. Yeah. Like, oh. I usually feel like most people learn oh, something sure. from this podcast, but this is no, this active is brain rot. Making you dumb. <laughs> the yassification right of your brain. Yeah. Yeah. But. Maria. <laughs> Ma- Maria. It's not even Maria. This is on Maria. It's too much good. My hands are sweating. See, and that's Botox. the thing is that is that Maria, she's like a sleeper. Like your first initial laugh is at Luigi, but then when you think about Mar- Mar- Maria more, it's Maria. This is also arguably the best episode. You're gonna listen done. back to this and be like, "You're deranged." Turn this shit yeah, off. Probably. You're gonna cut oh, all of this God. off, and it's just gonna go straight into the story. We're all gonna get knocks on our front door. What, do what, you? What's our story? I don't know, man. I feel like trying to do my do we have story any tie-ins? would be so dumb. W- anybody getting no. yassified? No. <laughs> no. Mine is the opposite of, of, of yassification. Yours is could. Mine's be fine. lighter. Yeah. You go first, okay. then, like, 
take us out from this like high laughter hilarity and into something make it bad yeah really <laughs> terrible even, this is proof positive that this is making me dumber because i've actively <laughs> forgotten my own password <laughs> okay do it Haley. i'm sorry okay, okay it's okay you got dumber because of I our did. conversation for the i hope i can still minutes. read We'll see. Okay. In the spring of 1890, the United States government sent a heavily armed naval vessel to remove a tyrant that had terrorized his region. Locals lived in fear of daily violence caused directly by the tyrant. Businesses were intimidated by his thugs. And free elections were not able to occur upon threat of death for anyone who dare run against the incumbent. President Benjamin Harrison called to Congress for U.S. military involvement. On many occasions, the U.S. government has and have intervened to defend democracy and resist tyranny on the shores of foreign nations. However, this particular instance was happening domestically. I'm sorry, this in is Florida. such a right turn. Right. Yeah. <laughs> From what we were talking it's, about. It's a full 180. It's about very organized. Face. Yep. Yes. <laughs> we have to push through it. So. <laughs> so stop laughing. So stop laughing. This isn't funny. Not this is a history podcast. Fucking funny. The Cedar Key is a cluster of islands near mainland Florida on the Gulf side. So on the country side. Cedar Key, the small town, is currently about 800 people. The main island of the collection of of the Cedar Key of Islands. Just to triangulate, Cedar Key is about two and a half hours from Disney. Because that's which way? Okay. Yeah, to the coast. That would be to the There's west. coast on all sides. I said the Gulf Coast earlier, Whitney. Oh my god, I west. was not listening. I can west. tell. The oldest artifacts <laughs> show it was occupied by the native population of Seminoles prior to colonization, as of most of Florida was. The strategic location during the 19th century was used as a supply port and at the time was occupied by Union troops during the Civil War. The completion of the rail road linked the Atlantic to the Gulf of Mexico in 1860, which boosted the value because that's where the Atlantic Railroad stopped. So it was the last stop for the railroad coming into Florida. So that made it very valuable. And as you can tell, their main export was cedar trees on account mm-hmm. of it being called the Cedar Key. And there was a large mill in town <laughs> and there was a pencil factory. Oh, hot. And, hot. Love that. That um, had to smell. Yeah. But the cedar industry apl- employed most of the residents there. Sweet of them. It also was like seafood manufacturing. It's coastal. And the population never really broke above 2,000 people, even at its peak. In 1866, the railroad made it down to Tampa and that killed the town mm-hmm. because Tampa is a more... Uh, Mo Big? It's Mo Big and the port is larger. It's not just an island. It's, it's not the size of the port. Haley. It's the motion of the ocean. ocean. I lived in Tampa for a while. Don't do it. Wasn't on my by, by the 1870s, the town had started really getting killed off just because there's nothing going on there. There's no board. There's, there's no reason for commerce. And then in March of 1899, William Billy Cottrell was unanimously elected mayor. All 101 votes went to him. That di- It didn't start off great because as soon as Billy was elected, he disappeared for a month. But honestly, the town would have been better if he just didn't ever show back up again. Even prior to his election, the locals knew Billy was a drunk, homicidal asshole with a rich dad. <laughs> what? And still they were like, we need him in office. Yeah. So just, oh, wait, with a rich dad. Yeah. Though. Okay, I get it. Just to give like context why people already were aware of the fact that he fucking sucked was when he was five, he <laughs> he beat up an elderly man for oh. correcting him. You know, when a kid's being a piece of shit, yeah. and he, like stop being a piece of shit. So he went home and told his dad and his uncles, they came back. His dad and his uncles held down the old man so this five-year-old could beat him. Okay. Which, I mean, still... 
that I will. Okay, so after he was done like beating him up by his fists, um, he pulled out a knife and stabbed him nine times. Yeah, but that pussy couldn't do it by himself. Yeah, he had to get his daddy yeah. and his uncle. So well, that kind of shows the context about how like his family treated him as well. Yeah, sure. I'm understanding yeah. why all votes went to him. Yeah. yeah. Also, five years before getting elected to mayor, he was racing his family's boat in Tampa because they had money, and another boat pulled ahead of him, and Billy ran below deck, grabbed his gun, and started shooting at the the other boat, and then the other crewmates finally like got him away, and he didn't kill anybody that time, but he's kind of a loose cannon. I mean, how fast could a boat go in the 1800s? Faster I, than I could go. That's swimming there in the go. Gulf of Florida. And pretty sure. Haley, she's like a regular dolphin, you know? <laughs> I think I'm a little bit better than a regular dolphin. <laughs> I'm like one of the real fast dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> you bottlenose? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, we have okay. to move along, Haley. I really Quit hope neither of y'all have like a serious one because it's it's not going to turn out well. Anyways, okay. Mine's not. That was a few years before he got elected. Also, one time he went fishing with his brother-in-law who had just married his sister and him and his brother-in-law were out on the boat drinking. And again, because they had money, they had this black guy that was serving them. And Billy was like, hey, servant guy, drink with us, like have some whiskey. And the guy was like, I'm going to do what you're telling me to do because right. like I have to. So he pulled some from the whiskey and handed it back. And then the brother-in-law refused to drink after him. Uh, so Billy pulled out a gun and shot him and killed him. The, his brother-in-law. He killed his brother-in-law. Oh, okay. And Wait, one of those, so anti-racist. Yeah, it's just one of those instances where yeah. the, the worst person you know does one thing correctly and you have to be I like, mean, fuck racism and everything. Sort of, but maybe oh, it is a little extreme to straight murder. up murder someone. Because I don't think that made the poor like black guy who is working no. feel any better i'd be like yikes i just witnessed a murder that was indirectly maybe caused yeah, by my caused, actions yeah, yeah like i did what i was told and now this man is dead and also like kind of the way that billy is just looking for a reason to be violent because he in, later on he does not treat other black people particularly With, yeah, well and he did okay. that as a setup sure. yeah he was like i wanted to kill this guy anyways yeah thanks poor unassuming black guy who just wanted some whiskey yeah Bang. so he did that um he never got in trouble for anything he never there was sure. no inquest he yeah. killed his brother-in-law admitted to it and there was no recourse for it whatever his sister was just kind of mad at him which you know what can you do so <laughs> so billy's family resources deflected any consequences or responsibilities his entire life and he seemed to have no occupation prior to taking office and he took office when he was 33 what if this is actually the story of florida but embodied in one person i'm not gonna lie like <laughs> it it's is. real close <laughs> okay the original Florida. The original. Yeah. I'm fairly. I'll look it. I'll look it up. That a lot of these articles are from the time that it happened. Like there's a New York Times article from 1890 when this happened that you can reference. And I'm almost positive that it is Florida Man something something. Like it was one of, of the course. original Florida Man titles. Aww. So his father, who is J L F. I hate men That's, who okay. do the <laughs> who do the initials Full like stop. that. I know that they do it because of the juniors and the seniors and whatever. Mm. Uh, J L F. Cottrell was a state senator. Jill. Yeah, you can call him Jill. Jill. And then uh, one of his brothers, J.R. Cottrell, co owned the main mercantile store in Cedar Keys. Jer. Jill and Jer. Even with him being a reckless drunk, he got elected pretty easily because of his connections. The white voters in town 
which were the only voters at this time when you think about it because it's right after the Civil War, referred to him as a dashing young fellow whose family had spoiled him. Mm-hmm. Yet they considered him educated, cultured, and an upstanding citizen when he was sober. So a lot of people did the whole, he's a great guy until he starts drinking, which I think we all know people like that. Um, most of them don't get elected mayor. <laughs> and, mm. Most of them don't. Not that we know. Mm. We had a president. Yeah. Well, we don't know. We he's no, and he's us. not a drunk. That's true. As far as we know, he's just, he's know. a McDonald's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Once he gets elected, he gets all of his drinking buddies elected to the Cedar Keys police force. The town marshal was a guy named J.R. Mitchell, who was a close friend and purportedly only followed Cottrell out of fear of being shot. So yeah, he's a bully. He's a good motivator. He's, he's a horrible bully and you have to be friends with him. Otherwise you become a victim of him. It's a very effective tool for a little while. It very quickly turned into the Wild West to the point where Cottrell and his cop fucking thug buddies would get drunk, go to townspeople's houses, pull them out of their homes and shoot at their feet in the street to make them dance for their entertainment. Very Wild West Very movie. like It's like a cartoon of yeah. the Wild West. Billy himself once held two minute gunpoint and made them headbutt each other. How do you... Okay. He's the mayor. So, and all of the cops are owned by him. Like, what can you do? And he has a gun on you. Right. So the city was already falling apart prior to Billy's election as mayor. But when his word of his antics spread, it completely dissuaded any other businesses from coming to Cedar Key. He even shot at some businessmen who were coming into town to scope it out to see if they want to set up shop. His own brothers had mercantile businesses at this point, several of them in town that ended up having to shut down because they were making any money even though billy forced townspeople to shop there by trapping people inside the businesses and making them shop at gunpoint (laughs) which i'll support winnie i'll support you and like whatever you want to do i'll do that you want me to do that no like i want you to open up a store and i have to like bully people (laughs) that skirt looks awesome on you you better fucking buy it otherwise you'll be ugly for the rest of your life yeah we have a little experience with that so i mean that's a really great way to boost the economy honestly this basically made it where the town locals wouldn't even leave their homes because they were afraid they were going to run into billy and his goons on the street and be like their feet shot at so they have to dance in august of 1899 which is just a mere six months after billy got elected a woman named mrs rose bell wrote to the president of the united states she did not even attempt to go to local or state governing bodies to address these issues and she went and she wrote a letter and asked for help bell wrote all of his antics and how the citizens were basically hostages in their own town she said that quote good christian men of the town were too timid to put a stop to his outrages and she concluded the letter by saying she had quote no son or husband for him to fuss with or shoot I will exco- expose his character. So President, yeah, the T. So President Harrison gets the letter and reads it. And he's like, "Ooh, this is bad." He would later say that it was a very grim commentary upon the condition of social order at Cedar Key that only a woman had the courage to file against Billy. Which, like, boo, lame, sexist. Why does it matter that it's just a woman who wrote in? The attempt to depose Billy is starting. Um, even by, the t- by, like, this time, the Levy County Grand Jury, Levy County is the county that the city is in. They had issued 18 indictments against him, but none of them were ever served because his dad, the senator, who had actually retired a couple years before but had gotten kind of a foothold, he's influential. His dad, the senator, before he retired, had a special bill enacted to place a time limitation on his son's indictments. <laughs> Which 
what? doesn't I seem mean, like a thing that should happen but of course i guess then, i mean i feel like that shit could happen today <laughs> yeah. and probably something like that is on some senator something kid stuff. yeah it's just so specific anyway so he never got none of the indictments ever went anywhere so now we're into March of 1890, which is a year after he got elected. And Billy gets reelected. This time, Lance only 67 Lance. of the 124 votes were for him. How close to half. Close to half, but yeah. he got unanimous the last time. Right. So that's a drop off. But how could he be reelected at all with like how terrorized the locals are but you have to think about is that most people that could do anything about it would have left town at this point they would have been like "Mm, we have money to leave we're just gonna go so the only people that were really left were his buddies that would benefit from keeping him in office or people who could not leave for whatever reason like most likely financial they couldn't up and leave it's just where they were the other thing to consider is that the votes were not secret so Mm -hmm. everyone who voted against him were immediately put on a hit list so right about this time president harrison actually started making some moves to help resolve the issue in cedar key so harrison named j.h pinkerton yes pinkerton detectives this is about that time they were found in 1850 this is 1890 he named pinkerton the new customs collector And a customs collector oversees the revenue generation and maritime law for a city. So it would be a very influential position. It's money and law. Pinkerton gets to Cedar Key and immediately starts having shit with Billy. So Billy, while being mayor, was concurrently serving as the customs inspector, Mm -hmm. which is a position subordinate to the customs collector. Mm -hmm. And so he was pissed because he basically outranked him in that way. And Billy might have been a big deal like locally because of his daddy's connections and the fact that he's basically been holding this town hostage for a year. But an appointee to the president, Pinkerton was not going to be intimidated by this guy. Immediately, Billy threatened to kill Pinkerton. And Pinkerton sent a telegram to the White House being like, Lee, this is just as bad as kind of what we thought it was. Their feud escalated and Pinkerton insisted that Cottrell resign from his position as inspector on account of him, his volatile reputation. I don't know why he didn't also insist on resigning from mayor, but, you know, baby steps. Billy then appeared at the customs house one night accompanied by his city marshal, J.R. Mitchell, the guy who's forced to be his friend, otherwise he'll die. Um, and he's like, One of. And he's mm-hmm. like outside and he's screaming at Pinkerton. And he's like, you come out here so I can kill you. And oh. Pinkerton's, like, Pinkerton's like, no, absolutely not. Billy's like screaming obscenities at him. He tells J.R. Marshall, like, shoot the goddamn Republican son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and Pinkerton wrote, quote, he called me all the vile names he could think of in a loud and angry voice. And I said, I will make it hell for you and your set as long as you stay in Cedar Keys and many other vile things equally bad, using all the time the most profane oaths and vile impotents. So like he wouldn't even say the words that he called him because they were like so bad and gross i guess finally in late spring 1890 the u.s government sent federal ships to cedar key to intervene but despite more than a year of billy terrorizing the town the locals did not welcome the rescue fleet at this point we're only 25 years after the civil war and cedar key was forcibly occupied by union forces during wartime so even now they did not want what was seen as union forces coming into town to tell them their business the majority of townspeople were like this is a local issue like why is the federal government getting involved Mm. which is a lot of this still rings true today but i will say that this (laughs) the way that they acted after the fact kind of justified it because they started looking for Billy immediately, who had fled. 
And instead of just like looking for him, they were like busting down people's doors and pulling their houses apart and mm-hmm. trying to find him. So they weren't exactly uh, treating these people particularly well. They were just further terrorizing them, but now at a federal level. So at that point, Billy had fled. He made his way into Georgia and then traveled onward into Alabama, where he was taken into custody. They caught him, but he was released on bond, and he was then had to stay in Alabama. Mm. So he was in Alabama waiting for his court date. He immediately turns back to continues to be a piece of shit because it is what it is. And he was in, re- arrested in November of 1890 after drinking and getting into a fight at a bar. He then swore vengeance upon the Montgomery, Alabama police chief, a guy named Adolf Gerald, telling his friends he planned to kill him and challenging the police chief to a duel. So after he gets out of jail the next morning in an attempt to make good on his promise to the police chief, he rolls up to the police station ready to kill this guy. And as soon as Billy exits the horse-drawn carriage, Chief Gerald shoots Billy twice with a double-barreled shotgun where he died a, quote, bloody and ghastly spectacle in the street. Good. Die, Billy. Yeah. Gerald surrendered himself and the county sheriff claimed self-defense the next day the coroner was like sounds good signed off on it didn't get in trouble for it and the tale of billy cottrell the tyrant of cedar keys was finished after this news had come out the new york times ran a headline titled cottrell killed at last and the san francisco caller had a headline called bad career ended so that's the story of billy cottrell the tyrant of the cedar keys i have such a hard time wrapping my brain around how his brain was working to be like let's make some of the people who live here dance by gunfire right. yep. brazen I mean, constant it was so affirmation much. Yeah. like you know be funny right now if we went in and got Haley out yeah. and made her dance for us I mean I know that there's probably not a lot to do in a dying manufacturing sure. town sure. in 1890 so I don't, and I don't know what I would do I don't drink anymore but reinserting myself into that thought in that time frame maybe maybe I do that I bet I mean what else are you gonna yeah. do you know, that, that's it yeah. they've got like, they got pencil making Sure. And they got forced dancing. <laughs> that's it. And forced shopping. Yes. Yeah, forced, forced shopping, which yeah. that's a really good kind of like, you know, how like women will like hide packages from Amazon so their husband don't know how much money they spend. Mm-hmm. This would be like, I didn't mean to buy all these things, but Billy yeah. held me at gunpoint. Here's I just these suspenders. I just like the it where he basically said, hey, copper, I'm going to come kill you tomorrow. And yeah. he shows up and he's like, no. Nah. <laughs> Boom, yeah. boom, done. Why didn't anybody do that in Florida? The fear? Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I mean, what if his uncle and dad come and hold you and down? And I'm sure they would. Yeah. There you. would be retribution. I guess. Well, mm. we hate him. I hate him. Uh, I can go. I can go too. I don't Why care. Why don't you go? All right. We're still in olden town America. Oh, Hooray. Everyone's favorite place to be. So in 1640, a town in Martha's Vineyard is founded it's called Chillmark. Uh, um <laughs> is that is there a little emoji after it that yeah. does the tongue out and the peace sign yeah. yeah cool and people are immigrating to the u.s at this time and you know being terrible one of the people that comes over is a guy named jonathan lambert and jonathan was deaf and his wife isn't, but they end up having two kids who are also deaf. Martha's Vineyard is on an island, so most people were fishermen doing the whole living off the sea kind yeah. of deal. Because of this island, you know, you don't really get off the island very much at this point. They're it's, island boys. Yeah, they're an <laughs> island boy. Bye. 
Yeah, in the Northeast, they're deaf as well. It's hard to get to Chillamark, which is probably why it was nobody so ever left. And yeah. everyone was just super fucking chill. But it does mean that your pool of people to hook up with is a lot smaller. It's related to you. So people on the island start fucking each other as you do. Family? Yeah, a little bit of that. Because, okay. you know, because of all this fun fucking, more and more people are being born deaf, genetically yep. deaf. Up until, I guess this is, by this point, it's like the 1700s. Like an actual sign language, there wasn't American Sign Mm -hmm. Language. French Sign Language was very, very new, but it was mostly based on small towns or just families because in the U.S. nowadays roughly one of every 5,700 people is deaf. That's that's very common. There's not like a collection or anybody, you know, and Mm -hmm. people aren't reading a lot, but you couldn't. Why would you? Yeah. Yeah. There's no organized language for people who sign. It's mostly within families or like Mm -hmm. very, very small communities. So by the middle of the 19th century, all the people hanging out together on Mill on Martha's Vineyard, one in every 25 people in Chilmark is deaf, which is obviously very common compared to the one in 5,700 that we have in the U.S. Because one in every 25-ish people are deaf, that means most people end up learning this type of sign language that the first guy had brought over. And what he learned was he was from Kent when they migrated over and he spoke old Kentish. And I was like, oh, it's like old Elvish. Oh my God. It's not in any way, but made me excited. That's what he taught his kids, their kids. It evolved. And soon enough, mid 1800s, everybody in Chilmark is speaking this their own sign language and they start to call it Martha's Vineyard Sign Language. In the 1870s, people start getting way more interested in Martha's Vineyard right up there close to New York, right? And mm-hmm. um, I don't know the East Coast at all. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested. It's close to Cape Cod. Yeah. But people start wanting to travel to Martha's Vineyard more because there's like cool shit to see. Yay, let's vacation. Everyone who comes is like, wow, this is cool. They regularly flip between spoken word and using sign language because most people can hear but everybody speaks sign language and so it's this like combination of signing and speaking and they can switch in and out of it easy peasy no problem people who are visiting Martha's Vineyard are like this is fucking tight Alexandra Graham Bell ends up hearing about it and he's like I gotta come out here I feel like I kind of know what it is And he starts doing genealogical research and kind of notices some very straight lines. But even back then, genetics wasn't anywhere close to being understood what it is today. And Alexander Graham Bell is like, he's not there to judge. Yeah, it's definitely probably. What? He's not there to judge. No, Mm -hmm. no, he's just a nerd. He's like, oh, here's a phone. I know you can't use it, but yeah. (laughs) And also, let me do math on ding ding. Your relatives. Yeah, no one could really fully comprehend the fact that this deafness is clearly inherited from a recessive gene being passed down through family members. When but did that monk do that shit? Uh, Mendel. The, with the beans? Mendelian. Mm-hmm. Or pea pods? Pea pods. That, that was flowers. like way before that. I, I don't anyway. think it was. But we could also Google that, but we're not doing Just it. Just do that as your story real quick. It was this 
skill that became like a life skill for everybody who lived on the island, but none of it was ever recorded in any way. Like they didn't take any pictures of it. There's no written accounts of how, yeah, how the, you or like drawings that? of hand shapes or anything like that. As the world starts to develop more and more, people can go further. The deaf population is kind of dwindling, but it's still pretty cool. And then a few years later, they found the American Sign Language Institute or School for Deaf People. It was the first one of their kind and it was up in New York. And so people from Chelmark started going there and them combined with people who knew French sign language and Kentish and these other like very, very small ones all came to the School for the Deaf and they created what we know as American Sign Language today. Mm. So yeah, the last person who was deaf that spoke Martha's Vineyard Sign Language died in like 1952. She was old. Nowadays, reminiscence of it are in ASL, but it's mostly fully gone. Sign language. I had never even thought thought about it that way before which is not like dumb of me so dumb but can you imagine being the one deaf person in your town yeah you don't think about it until you're like presented with the information so that makes sense i mean still though yeah it's it's interesting to see because you know that there's languages that are thousands of years old that have yet to die off through passing it on through generation sure, sure and then once we got into recorded history being able to record it so when you consider a language that is not spoken mm-hmm. and then available to even smaller subsect of a population in an already small town how quickly that it died out because that would have died out in probably a hundred years yeah well since they established asl when in some kind of way. motion picture technology the, the, came the out deaf people were like this is it this is fucking what we need because up until then sign language had been taught it was all oral basically like you couldn't really teach nice yeah it was but so now that they have you know movies and stuff like that lots of people could yeah because it was see it the and action it. and then the text yeah. so everyone was deaf to it because I, there was no sound yes I always assumed it was a lot of writing things down, but that was also before I just realized, like, oh, a reading, yeah, not most people know, yeah. When we worked at the bar, there was a contingency of deaf kids, guys that came in because they did Mm -hmm. like a sport something together. No, Texas School for the Deaf is very right down the street to the saloon, and they had a whole group of people. I just remember they would always order Lone Star and Jaeger, and it was an L, and you make a little like star with your hand. Is that how they did it? Lone Star because LS and then they did Shiner Bach which was just Shiner Jaeger Jaegermeister with the, the doing little horns on <laughs> these are all audio visuals yeah. uh, but Shiner yeah you rub your eye uh, with like a you- fist LS you make with your hand I swear that they did an L and then they with the they did like a spirit finger situation with their hands I remember LS mm. and, and if they couldn't they would just write it down that too. yeah anyways that's, that's cool, my story though. that's that's um Barton Springs Saloon Sign Language, which is also yeah. a BSSL. So, yeah. <laughs> and you don't want to learn it. You don't. BSSSL. The one time I ran people out of our store when I was in college working retail was it was two guys and 
at least one of them was deaf because they were signing together. They weren't speaking. And I walked up and was like, oh, can I help you? Didn't even. Sure. And they were very offended and left. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, you interrupted Um, their conversation. Well, there's a lot of like really rude shit you can do. And I, you don't really think about it until you think about it. And that was the first like, oh, fuck. And so yeah. I've tried I was to... not situationally aware in this. Yeah. And I offended somebody and I don't know how to correct it. It was the one time they had let me, or the first time they had let me run the store alone. And I was like, <clears throat> All right. okay. Does it make us depressed? Yeah. I have an unsolved missing kid. <laughs> Party. Everybody have fun. <laughs> We're out of the the olden times mm. and we are in 2011 feels like the olden times where were what were you doing in 2011 whitney uh bartending yeah oh man i was doing cool shit a little baby bartender i was uh a real like scenester in houston oh, like tumblr girl shit or what like tumblr oh yeah there like was that, some that, tumblr like that indie sleaze kind of mm-hmm. look yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah 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 i thought like i was part of the glam rock world for a while in 2011 i lost a fuck ton of weight because you sadness. wanted to okay yes mm. and sadness is the best diet for it me really too. Is. yeah the last time i lost a lot of weight was when a boyfriend broke up with me mm-hmm. i looked real bad though i was not happy with yeah. how skinny i was Looking back, it's like, ooh, no one, no one, no one was said concerned. Anything? Okay, mm. most people probably didn't look so good because of the oh, yeah. horrible, yeah, culture that we live. I in. was like, huh, that was three months and forty pounds. No one, no one said anything. I okay. lo- I lost like, I went from like one ninety to one seventy in like a month, and I was this is when I was playing derby too, and I was so weak. That's what mm-hmm. I the main thing that I felt. You're, you know, what's funny about your eating disorder yeah tell me about um, it tell me what's funny about my eating disorder is that that this that picture of us is one of my memories from today and i can show you how skinny Haley was yeah was it is it after a derby thing yeah i was very skinny oh wow we're like almost the same size oh wow i think yeah i was much smaller and you can't even see how i had no definition my abs anymore either because i couldn't like yeah engage them in any kind of way tiny little Haley. i think that's funny that's tiny (laughs) like one yeah well Well, because society tells me that that's huge but for me that's that was the thinnest i had been since high school oh yeah yeah i i i'll show y'all pictures later but i got down to smaller than high school yikes anyway Tell us about this May 2011. We all remember. We were thin and sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> well, to be it. thin and sad again. Oh, God. I mean, the Instead dream. of fat and sad it. like I yeah. am now. Yeah. <laughs> sad for fat different reasons. Fat and apathetic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so a mom pulls her son, Timothy, out of school for a spontaneous three-day road trip. Fun mom. Watch out. Um, and then okay. Timothy has not been seen or heard from since. There we go. Always be dubious of the fun moms. Yeah. yeah. Like, how fun are you? Because I had a fun mom and I was at her house. No, not my mom, but a, fr- a friend's mom. Yeah. I was at her house. She got drunk and tried and like chased me around with a spoon because a bird got out of a cage. Ooh. I wasn't ever spooned at home. No. I was hit, but spooned. not with a spoon. spoon. That's the I was draw the line. Was it like a yeah. little baby spoon? No, no. It was a big old wooden <laughs> teaspoon. Ooh, I'm gonna get you. <laughs> hey, hey, get back over here. You know what? That's a <laughs> that's a Luigi move. Like, <laughs> chasing somebody around with a teaspoon yeah, to kill them. Luigi has a weapon. That is what it is. 
And it's not because she's small and dainty. She's normal human size. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. She's actually, I mean, she's Bigger. tall. She's taller than. She's at least six. Maria. <laughs> she's got to be taller it's than her. It's me. Maria. Yeah. Okay. Back to the missing kid. <laughs> the family's going to hear this and be like, these fuckers. I mean, maybe. I oh, apologize. God. Yeah. Uh, this apologize. is Whitney's fault because she's high. So don't do drugs. So the father, James Pitson, the last time he saw his kid, uh, it was May 11th when he dropped him off at Greenman Elementary in Aurora, Illinois. How old is he when we're the kid? Is it, he's a little six-year-old Timothy. Mm-hmm. And he's got his little Spider-Man backpack. Oh, and the parents drop him off just before 8 a.m. Amy, the mom, is in the passenger seat. So Jim... The dad, which I will probably flip between Jim and James, but same guy. He was taking her to work as well. And so they drop the kid off. He's like, love you, dad. And dad's like, I love you too. I'll see you in a little bit because it's kindergarten. Mm -hmm. So they get out early. He drops Amy off and she's like, I love you. He's like, I love you too. And then he watched her go in the building and then he went to pick up his kid, Timothy, at 1030 a.m. And the teacher at the check-in was like, what are you doing here? He went to pick his kid up at 1030? Mm-hmm. That's very early, right? I mean, it's like a three Is hour. Is it like a preschool almost kind of thing? Mm-hmm. So, there's some kindergartens that are like a preschool where okay. it's like you do a half day. Yeah, they used to do, that. they do that at Summit. So the teacher's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, I'm here to pick Tim up. And she says, he left this morning. And he was like, what? He, he was like, can I see who signed him out? And then he looked and it was Amy, the mom. She said that there was a family emergency and pulled him out. So way before they disappeared, the family knew that Amy suffered bouts of depression and mental instability. They were also arguing at the time, Jim and Amy. Jim's 39, Amy's 43, and they'd been fighting about, uh, honestly, for most of their marriage at this point they had been married seven years so they got married when she was four months pregnant this was her fourth marriage which that's you know you're 43 you're on your fourth that's an achievement basically she was one thing that she did she went to the bahamas like right before this and she was like, I'm going just me and my friend and you and the other husband will not be going and you can't stop me. And so there were some like, hmm, what's that about? But then she came back and she seemed like she was in a better place, a better mood. Sometimes you just got to you gotta, you gotta fuck away. off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At times they were fighting over just so much. It was like what he did, what he didn't do. Now, again, this is obviously coming from one person just him but it does align with some of the medications she was on are familiar to me in a way that okay there's some bipolar tendencies there it would be like what you did what you didn't do like the swings were were very present after they started dating that's when he learned that she had she had tried to kill herself before that's when he learned that she had three divorces three marriages under her belt he learned that after they got married after they got together okay but she got pregnant very quickly after that Mm. yeah she said that she had parked her car on some train tracks and like that was the first attempt and then like last second reconsidered and then checked herself into a hospital so she's like 
aware the second attempt was not long after they started dating she was driving home from an interview for a job that she eventually did have and she was overcome with anxiety and a sense of hopelessness which is one of those seem i mean they both seem like a feeling that you could have after an interview but it not to the extreme that she must have felt it so later that day jim got panicked he hadn't heard from her she wasn't answering the phone and then he gets a call from the hospital in cedar rapids and she had taken a handful of sleeping pills and tumbled 30 feet down an embankment and she fractured a vertebrae and suffered hypothermia and someone um, found her? I think someone found her. Okay. That's not clear. But she then called him and she was like, I'm better now. I'm back on my medication, which was lorazepam, Wellbutrin, Lexapro. It is a, a cocktail. Her sister Kara was also very familiar with her patterns and she was empathetic. She said that they... Didn't go into it a ton, but it was not an easy family life. Those who knew her, they she was a very loving and caring person, very attentive and loving mother. And then May 11th, after he talks to the school, the father, James, he then calls Amy immediately. There's no response and no return of those phone calls. He called some family they had not seen or heard from Amy. And so May 12th, James calls the police to report them missing. They asked for a photo of them and he gave them a, cause it's whatever, 2000, whatever. And he gives them a dot matrix thing, photo of them at Chuck E. Cheese that I think that probably they print out as like right. a bit. Oh, yeah. And he was like, it was the first thing I found. And I'm like, this dad is so fucking destroyed right oh, now. Oh, yeah. Amy used her phone the next day and calls her mom and James's brother, Chuck. So not her husband, but okay. her husband's brother. And James is like, I have no idea why she called my brother. He says that during the call, he could hear Timothy in the background playing or hanging out immediately after she called the brother called James mm -hmm. and was like he told her to call James I think she wanted to have some kind of boundary up and so I think it was I want him to know things are okay but she I put don't Timothy on the him. phone with Chuck yeah but yeah I don't want to talk to him mm -hmm. and then we find out later why Amy when she called her mom she said Timothy is fine Timothy belongs to me Timothy and I will be fine Timothy is safe so that's dark wait she said that to Chuck which is somehow darker to mm -hmm. me than the mom so she also calls her mom and she says we're fine we'll be home in a day or two I just need some time to figure this out and try to think about how to approach this. She also said Timothy is with people who love him and will care for him but you'll never find him. Oh uh, that's creepy. She also had a history of like whenever she and James would get in a fight she would go for a drive for a couple hours or you know, just take off and like clear her mind. But the difference was she never took Timothy. Yeah. yeah. Saturday, May 14th in Rockford, Illinois motel, uh, which is 80 miles from the Pitson home. The staff finds Amy's body. Mm. Oh, Amy's body. This mm -hmm. is still 2011. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is three days after she pulled Timothy out of school. She had slit her wrists and neck 
and yeah, taken mm-hmm, and taken an overdose of antihistamines. Timothy was nowhere to be found, and there was no evidence that he'd ever been in the motel room to begin with. Police find a suicide note, and uh, Amy says Timothy's fine, but you'll never find him, so same kind of thing. And between that note, businesses, surveillance cameras, receipts from the motel room, witness accounts, detectives were able to map the movements from the day of the disappearance as best they could. Investigators now believe that as soon as Amy picked up Timothy from school, the two went to a car repair shop, receipt, And then they went to Brookfield Zoo in Chicago, to Key Lime Cove Water Resort in Gurney, Illinois, and then drove 160 miles northwest to Kalahari Resorts in Wisconsin. I didn't know that was a chain. I didn't know that was a chain either, Mm -hmm. but that definitely sounds like giving your child some really good days. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. But this was also something. So James would go like do kid stuff with him. Like let's let's drive these go karts around. Let's do. And she would be yeah. And she would be like, let's go to a water park. I don't know that it was a competition so much as I. I don't know. Maybe she was like, I'm cool with water parks, and he was like, they're disgusting, and band aids are in the water. Mm. Yeah, that's the like fun part though. Band-Aid collection? While they're at Kalahari, there's a surveillance camera that captures them checking out the resort. Like, ooh, isn't that cool? Look at that fake giraffe or whatever, I'm assuming. The trail from there goes back south and 120 miles back into Illinois. A security camera then shows Amy entering a food market near Rockford on May 13th. She comes out with like stationery and not much else. Two days before this, so day two of their journey, May 12th, they stopped at a convenience store and she got Timothy all new clothes and new toys and like a craft kit. But there's no sign of Timothy with her at all on the 13th. Um, at this grocery store and at the uh, motel. And then the next day is when the maid finds Amy's body and Timothy's missing. No suspects have been identified. It is known that Amy and James had some more specific issues right before this. She had been texting one of her Mm ex-husbands. Jim found out. He was like, you need to make a decision right now who, who you're trying to be with. And if it's not me, I'm fighting for full custody. Yeah. Right. That's obviously going to do some shit. There's a lot of theories, obviously, around that. But in the years since, cops have found a lot of weird clues. Like, there were pieces of long weeds in Amy's rear bumper. So she clearly pulled off the road at some point. And then it's like, was it to hand him off to somebody, to or, some woods people? Right. Or was it tossing a body, yeah. something horrible tossing like that? Tossing a body. And and then they identified the weeds, which I'm like, oh, they do do things, yeah. these detectives. They identify the weeds, and then they were able to narrow down some places. One of them was Queen Anne's Lace, which I was like, oh, that's sure. a fancy weed. And they found nothing in those areas. Hmm. And then they were able to say, figure out that there was some blood in her car that what matched Timothy's DNA. Hmm. But he was a nosebleed kid. Yeah, kids just kind of 
Sometimes it's just bleed. Yeah. And it wasn't like enough skin your knee to, to think it yeah. was anything like else. Yeah. yeah. Blood. Yeah. And your nosebleed, you could bleed a lot when your nose yeah. is bleeding. Yeah. One of Amy's last calls was pinged off of a tower in Sterling, Illinois, and she had made two trips there months before. Mm-hmm. And so there's thought that she was setting up an adoption um, oh interesting yeah she and obviously to do this but so she wouldn't lose custody even if she was gonna kill herself right. but she didn't want him her sister's thinking is she didn't want timothy growing up with the stigma of suicide of his mom killing herself so she wanted to set him up with a whole new life Mm -hmm. and i think her sister kind of leans towards there was mental health there were mental health issues in the their family like when they were growing up she would want to avoid him having to live with that stigma but you're gonna it wasn't like he was a baby it was a child a five-year-old with memories that like i can recall things from when i was five and younger i would absolutely be able to recall if i had a whole different family Mm -hmm. so like how long can you really you can you can tell a six-year-old whatever you need to tell the six-year-old to get them to buy into it yeah true but i'm saying when that child is 16 17 18 years old and has questions and the yeah. proliferation of true crime podcasts where that information is out there. I guess you, you're really considering if you're the mom, you're like, I just want my child to grow up yeah. without this person being their dad and the stigma. Then once they are old enough to Handle go back it. in their memories, yeah. mm-hmm. then, but that's going to fuck you up way more. Yeah. Well, yeah. she obviously wasn't in her right mind. So like, ugh, I don't know. She wasn't on sound colony. <laughs> She was far away from you just for far once away from fucking not colony. bring up the sound colony. Absolutely not. Yeah, the family doesn't know anyone in Sterling. And so, yeah, it's a did she ad- find an adoptive home, which the more you that's where I personally lean. Or was she looking for like a, a dumping ground? Mm. I, I could see the idea of her making this phone call saying that wherever he is, I'm not going to tell you, but he's going to be safe is said to give hope to the family knowing that that's not true Hmm. possibly because it's pretty coward in my opinion to like i need to like justify it but instead of giving the closure to the family and you being the monster giving them hope which will in the long run do more damage to them and then just taking yourself out yeah and not being a part of the equation anymore theoretically that's very it's also possible for her to be like he's with people who love him yeah you know what i mean because there's really a lot of that yeah oh Uh, she has some religious ideation no but mom's killing their kids yeah yeah well i mean andrew yates yeah yeah so many yeah she bought him new clothes none of those were found the spider-man backpack was never found Mm. the clothes she was wearing at the resort where they got like a very clear picture of them uh those clothes nowhere to be found it's it's this weird like it just keeps bouncing back and forth from like oh she probably adopted him oh well why are her clothes missing so anyway fast forward april 2019 there's a young man from northern kentucky and he claims to be timothy pitson he tells police that he escaped the abuse of his longtime captors he walked up to a woman in Newport, Kentucky, which is just across the Ohio River um, from Cincinnati, sees this like young, skinny dude who's bruised and agitated. And she's like, uh, and he walks up to her car and he says, can you help me? 
And then he said, I just want to get home. Please help me. He told her he's been kidnapped uh, and he's been traded through all of these people and just wanted to go home. When authorities caught up with him, he told detectives he'd been held captive in Ohio by two men with tattoos who looked like bodybuilders. He was able to escape, he said, and then ran across the bridge into Kentucky. He told them his name was Timothy Pitson. National news outlets immediately yeah, are like, blow up. holy shit. All day, they're waiting for the results of this DNA test. Part of the family is like, holy shit, this is it. Yep. This yeah. is not the first time that yep. right. they somebody's like, we think we saw him. There yep. was one time within a year after he went missing that somebody was like we saw him at a denny's with an old man right and i i remember a lot of this um but so the dad is like i'm gonna block these hopes out as much as possible Mm -hmm. and so his suspicions are confirmed the next day the dna test comes back and this is not 14 year old tim but this is Brian Rennie, a 23-year-old man with a history of psychiatric issues. He had uh, watched a 2020 episode about the case. Mm. And then when asked why he claimed to be Tim, Rennie, who would plead guilty to aggravated identity theft. I didn't know there was an aggravated identity either. I mean... And he was going to be sentenced to two years in prison. He told authorities he wished he had a father like Timothy Pitson's father. And that's why he I just did don't it. understand how you think you're going to get away from that. Like there's DNA. Yeah. At this I mean, point in time. Yeah. He psychiatric issues. Yeah, it's kind of that same thing of looking at things from a lens that I can't see through, you know, yeah. that other people can't see through. He's apologized to the family and whatever. But overall, Timothy still missing. Mm-hmm. Still hope. How old would he be now? He would be 17. Wait. In 2011, he was six. So he'd be 16, 17. Yeah. So yeah, there's also a lot of, on the 10-year anniversary from last year, uh, there's a really good article in Chicago Magazine, if you want to get more details, that I tried to ignore just now so that this wasn't an extra hour. (sighs) Poor kid. Yeah. Oh, well... It's a big turn yep. from the yassification uh, of Ouija. It is. Yeah. It's true. I just thought we'd take a long <laughs> it's dip. <a> downer. <laughs> a big old dip. We just all needed to calm down, you know? Yeah. Um, a bunch of women who need mm-hmm. to calm down. I mean, most it's of true. us do, really. It's true. Yeah. Especially you. Me? You'll never know who I was talking about. No, because you, you looked directly yeah, at but me. but like... Are you so high like that you think you're invisible? Visually, <laughs> like people can't see. But I just told them. Who are you talking to? Oh, God. See? I'm see? not high. You're not going to trick me. Let's convince Haley she's invisible. Oh, no. I already have depersonalization, derealization. I'll convince myself I'm not real if I think too hard about it. Okay. You want to see me have a panic attack? Okay. <laughs> One, two, three, go. Do it outside. <laughs> do it <laughs> if you're gonna have a mental break do it outside you get the fuck out of embarrassing do it in the shed the neighbors need to see yeah. no do it in the backyard because i don't want the neighbors to see but also i don't want you to do it in my house so i, I respect you for setting that boundary you're welcome mm-hmm. cool this has been a public service announcement mm-hmm. this whole episode thank of why you. you should not do drugs and sure. do a podcast yes thank you for listening <laughs> we'll see you next time
on the podcast. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I'm the Maria, you're the Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>